Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So I sent out a survey a while back to my audience and got a ton of questions about working with a developer, but a big chunk of those, like probably 25%, had to do with how the project management process works and who is in charge when. And that is such a good question. It's something you definitely want to be aware of uh, before you jump into a project with a developer. And it's such a big part of a project, yet something I haven't talked about much. So I'm excited to dive into it. So today we're going to talk about how you want to serve as the project manager and creative director as the designer in your projects and how you can go about doing that. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really beneficial episode for anyone who is thinking about working with a developer because it can seem really overwhelming. And I know you have talked about um, how to work with a developer, how to prepare and all that stuff through several episodes, but I can imagine that there are still some people out there who are like right on the edge, but they're like, I'm still not sure. So I'm excited for all the stuff you're going to share in today's episode. Yeah. So let's dive right in with an overview. Um, I think a lot of people just aren't sure. Like, do I take care of the design like usual and then just hand everything off to the developer and let them talk to clients or how does it all work? So all in all, I want you to view yourself as a designer, as the project manager when you're teaming up with the developer. So don't think of their job as completely separate from yours. Um, If you do that, you could end up creating a gorgeous website or gorgeous design, hand it off to them, and then it could turn out, you know, not at all like you'd imagined if you decide to take a hands-off approach. So instead of kind of seeing your views as separate, see what they do as part of what you do. Um, Also, trying to keep your role and the developer's role totally separate also makes things really complicated for clients. They don't understand the difference between design and development. Like, they might just not agree, but most of them just don't understand why those things are different. And they definitely don't understand why you can't just do it all. Like, why there's this other person talking to them. Like, it doesn't make any sense to them. So it is a whole lot easier for them to just have one person, you, to communicate with about the website as a whole rather than trying to, you know, talk to you about design and the developer about development. So your job is to work with your client to complete your design and then work with the developer to bring the design to life. And after that, just kind of make sure the project launches and looks like you'd planned it to. And this might sound like a lot of pressure and a lot of extra work, but it's really, really not once you have a good system in place and if you have a reliable developer. I will say that's a catch. Um, you're, you know, the part of your project with your client isn't going to change much. If you have a good developer, you're going to hand it off, hand your design off to them and really not know they're there until revisions. If you, you know, chose the cheapest developer out there, it might be a different story, but all in all, it should be a nice and easy process. 
Yeah, and I feel like this may sound super overwhelming (laughs) to think about trying to manage the whole project and manage the developer and that seems like a whole nother episode. How do I manage a developer who's working on my designs? But I know that it's really not that big of a deal. It's kind of like when you are getting to work on the design and your client gets to sit back and just kind of wait for you to present this stuff to you. It's pretty much the same exact way when you're working with a developer. It's just you who's getting to sit back while the developer does all the hard work. So even if this is feeling like, oh gosh, this is a whole lot of other stuff I didn't even think about, don't get overwhelmed yet or ever because it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, I like that viewpoint a lot. It is it is just like the client's position when they're waiting for you. It should be super easy on you. It might be like, you know, a little stressful to have to wait and not know progress. Hopefully you get progress updates, but yeah, very similar. So good point. Um, I wanted to dive into communication a little bit more because when you're serving as the project manager for a big project like this, communication is so, so important. And I've been a part of projects where both the designer and I are going back and forth with the clients. And I've been a part of projects where the designer talks with the client and I talk with the designer. There's no back and forth between me and the client. And it might initially sound like the first option is easier, especially on you, but it actually gets messy really, really fast when there are two people going back and forth with the client. There's going to be, you know, the client going between both of you asking questions and asking for new things, or there's going to be information that they give one person and not the other one. And there's, you know, it's not going to be shared because there's no organization with how things are going on. So you really do want to avoid um, having both parties talk to the client. It is much, much more effective for you as the designer to manage all communication. And like we've said, it's really not as bad as it sounds. Um, To make it nice and easy, have a dedicated spot to talk to both people, whether it's email, Asana, Trello, something else. Keeping conversations in one place makes it a lot easier to manage. Um, For most of the projects I do, you know, I let the designer have their own, whatever they have set up with their client, and then I actually make my own Asana project and invite them to it. So all of our communication can take place in there and it's not two separate places the designer feels like they have to manage. So maybe look for someone who will do that if it's something that kind of overwhelms you. Um, But it doesn't have to be difficult. But a really important thing when you're doing it this way, when your client says something about the website, no matter how unimportant it sounds, put it somewhere for your developer to see. Don't just decide yourself that your developer doesn't need to know a piece of information because if it did end up being important for them, you're the one that's responsible for that, you know, when the client notices that it's missing. So even if it's just like, you know, maybe one Asana task and you just kind of list out stuff from the client, let your developer decide if that's important to them. And if not, they'll just ignore it. It's not a big deal. But if you have a good developer, you're really not going to have to worry about them much. Um, You're going to have them asking questions or it's good for you to ask questions to them during your design phase and kind of get their approval before sending your mock-ups to the client. That way you're not going to send the mock-ups after the client has seen them and have them be like, okay, well, we didn't talk about this feature. This is extra. So just show them first. That's all you need to do during your design phase. And then have an understanding before your project starts of exactly what they're going to need and when so they don't have to ask a ton of questions and the project doesn't fall behind because they're missing things. And I'm going to have a 
resource in the show notes for this because I know it can be kind of intimidating, but that's really the trickiest part is making sure your developer has everything they need. If something's missing, that's where most of the back and forth is going to happen, honestly, just making sure they get that. Uh, but if they have what they need and your design is within the scope that you agreed on, you're probably not going to hear from your developer dur during their work at all until it's time to do revisions. You probably won't hear a peep out of them. I like to give designers access to the site I'm working on so they can kind of check in and know that things are happening, even if I'm not, you know, they are talking, asking questions. Um, but you can be pretty hands off for the most part, again, as long as you find someone experienced to work with. Yeah, I think this is a really good point because um, this is exactly how it is on the projects you and I have worked together on. It's like once I'm done, like I said, I can just sit back and it's like crickets while I know you are working, but I know that you are actually working and mm -hmm. getting stuff done. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to be able to sit back and just trust that everything is getting done, that you have everything you need. And it does help too, I will mention, um, to have everything in one place when you're communicating. Because like you said, I think there are some things as a designer, even I, because on one of our first projects together, I sent the mock-up and you were like, wait, I, I didn't look at it. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you needed to look at it before <laughs> I sent it. Yep. But there are some things where you need to keep your um, developer clued in because if your client asks for like a certain effect on something or, you know, whatever... If you're anything like me, it's really easy to forget that stuff. So it's easier to just kind of have everything in one place, especially if you can use a project management tool where all three of you can be on there instead of having two separate things. So that way you don't even have to necessarily worry about looping your developer in because they're already seeing everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something you'll want to talk to your developer about. I know people have different preferences, but that's definitely an option too. If they're okay with um, the client having access to them, that can be the biggest problem with that is the client mm -hmm. does then have access to them. But that's where lines just need to be drawn. Your developer might need to be able to say, hey, you know, talk to them about it. They'll tell yes. me, get out of here, you know. Yeah, so. I didn't even think of that, but I can definitely see how that's the case. Maybe you add your developer and your client, but you're like, but if you have any questions, you just talk to me. Mm -hmm. Don't bother the developer because they're a nerd in a closet coding yeah. your website in the dark. <laughs> they don't do anything. Stay away. Yeah. <laughs> 20, foot at all, 20 feet away at all time. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways, another thing that falls on your plate when you are serving as the project manager is finalizing the project schedule, which can feel really intimidating. Um, when you're working with a developer, it's important that you get this right because um, your developer probably works on one project at a time. That's just how it goes for custom projects. So if you fall behind, that's not a good thing. So when you're giving your clients a timeline, include your own timeline and your developers lumped into one so they know, okay, this is what I'm going to get the finished website. Also, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but I do. Don't guess how long the developer's process is going to take. When you guys are quoting the project, ask them how long it's going to take. Add a little padding too if you want to, just to be extra safe. And then 
you know, sometimes your developer's availability isn't going to line up exactly with yours. There might be a week or two of quiet time, you know, before they're ready to start. That's okay, but you just need to know that ahead of time so you can figure it into your project. So don't assume that they have availability when you're going to be ready for them. But then most importantly, be realistic about your own timeline. Give yourself a couple extra weeks in design. This is the biggest problem I have as a developer where designers, you know, they promise that they're going to be done on this date. Okay, something happened. There was an extra round of revisions. Their client was silent for a while. They're running two weeks late. That's a problem. So allow yourself extra time in your design phase in case any issues do come up. But otherwise, that's all there is to scheduling. Your timeline plus your developers, that's what you send to your client. I cannot agree with you more about adding in even just one extra week to the designer's like schedule or project timeline. Um, because on the projects where I have worked with you, I have more of a strict timeline and I always start getting panicky if they're like (laughs) taking a really long time to provide feedback or if they're asking for more revisions. It's like, we don't have time for this. Krista (laughs) has to get started on this specific day. Like, can't you just go along with it and not want all this stuff? Yeah. Can't you be normal and easy and nice? (laughs) So it definitely, and especially if you have never worked with a developer before, pad that project out a couple of weeks so that you have plenty of time to go through your process comfortably and you're not rushing yourself or your client to Mm -hmm. kind of get everything done. Yeah, very important. I like that. So those are really the biggest pieces of managing a project with a developer, just kind of understanding that you're in charge, you're the creative director here, and knowing how you're going to communicate. Those are the two big pieces. So I actually want to go through a couple specific survey questions relating to this that I thought were really good and hopefully give out some quick and fun answers here. So the first question was, is it best to have your own workflow in Asana and provide that to the developer, or is that making them think or feel like they don't know how to do their job? My answer as a developer is you want you want to have your own overall project workflow outlined, but don't try to tell the developer how to do their job. If you are working with someone good, they're going to have their own workflow and they're not going to want you to tell them how to change it. But in your own process, feel free to include the bigger picture tasks. So things like project handoff, where you're giving all the design elements to them. Then other things can be like development, revisions, and installation. Feel totally free to have that in your own process, but let your developer take it from there and make the tasks more detailed. That's why I like to have my own Asana template and just add the designer to that because it's a lot easier. All my tasks are in there. I don't have to copy them into someone else's Asana or Trello or whatever they're using. Um, But just kind of maybe be a little flexible with that so they can have their process outlined where it works best for them. Also, if you work with multiple developers, don't be surprised if their processes are different. Um, For example, I know another developer that I talk to quite a bit does cross-browser testing after revisions are done. In the past, I have done responsiveness after the first rounds of revisions. Like Things like that might, might just change. Don't let it throw you off. Just kind of pay attention, glance through their workflow so you expect those things to come. Uh, but be flexible and don't try to dictate how your developer does their job. Oh my gosh, yeah. If you don't want your client coming to you and being like, you're going to do the process in this order, mm-hmm. then definitely don't I do like that, that with developers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's good. 
Interrupting the parts of your design projects you love for tasks you don't enjoy doing isn't any fun. For a lot of designers, one of the most frustrating parts of a web design project is the coding and anything else tech-related. The design comes easy to you, but then you have to spend hours and hours googling how to make a simple change to the template you're using to make it just right. Luckily, it doesn't have to be this way. In the free Get Back to Design email series, you'll learn all about how to partner up with the developer on your design projects so you can ditch the code and do more of what you love. We'll talk about what to know before going into your first collaboration, what the process looks like, and how to find the perfect developer for you. To learn more about this free series, head over to getbacktodesign.co slash series. Uh, so now a question about payments. One of the question, my survey questions said, what happens if the client goes AWOL when it comes time to making a payment? How do I make sure the developer is covered for their work? First of all, to whoever wrote this, I wanna say thank you for being sweet and caring about the developer, but this definitely goes both ways. You wanna make sure your developer is covered, but you also need to make sure you are covered. That's just as important. Since it's you, it's probably more important. So it, this happens, people go missing. So it's up to both you and your developer to make sure you are covered at all times. There's nothing you can do for them. There's nothing they can do for you. It's really on both of you. So understand that most developers work in deposits. So for some, there's gonna be, I guess almost all of them, there's gonna be you know, either 30 or 50% to save a spot in their schedule. That deposit is required. Um, sometimes I'll even break, I'll break my projects down into three. So then I, a week before I'm scheduled to start, I'll get a second deposit. And then I think pretty much all developers out there will require the final payment before they do the installation. That is protecting them. So that ensures that if a client goes missing, they haven't handed over any work or done a ton of extra work without being paid for it, especially with that three payment structure. So that covers them. If a client goes missing sometimes, Okay, they might have, you know, wrapped up the website when they didn't have to, but they have at least two thirds of that payment there. They're not, you know, they didn't hand over the website and now they're missing a payment. So you want to coordinate your own payment schedule with that. So don't schedule payments from your clients to come in after you've already had to pay your developer in case your client does go missing. You don't wanna have sent a payment out and then your client's gone and you're out that money because you're probably not going to get a refund at that point. <laughs> um, so some my recommendations for this, just ask what kind of payments your developer requires when and make sure that by the time those payments are due, you will have received that amount to cover it from your client rather than waiting for it out of pocket and you know hoping that your client does come through and pay you. So next is something kind of a little more on like the logistics uh, legal side of things and this question was I'm curious about the way to go about working with a developer. Do they sign my contract, fill out a 1099 and I pay them directly or is it more common to design and then just hand the product over to them? So first I'm gonna say I'm not a lawyer, so I guess what I <laughs> say might not be like the right way to do things, but I'm gonna tell you how I have done it. Um, but I'll start with a second question. It is better to look at it as outsourcing development rather than just handing your design off to them and being done with it. So we talked about this at the beginning, so I'm not gonna go into it, um, but don't just look at it as like a handoff and you're done. As far as contracts and 1099s go, I have never had a designer send me a contract or a 1099. If your developer is self-employed, it's up to them to report their income. So you shouldn't have to be sending them any tax documents. At least that's my understanding. I've never had a designer um, send me any kind of tax document. And uh, last year, my accountant said that if I got one, to just ignore it. So there we go. Um, 
However, they are definitely going to have a contract for you, at least if they know what they're doing. So if you also want to have one for them, you can do that, but some might think it's weird. So think of this as hiring a VA. That's basically what this developer is doing. You're outsourcing work. So for a VA, it's totally normal to sign their contract, but you don't usually have one for them unless they're an actual employee. So just think of it that way. For the most part, they're going to have a contract for you. You won't have one for them and you won't have to worry about any taxes. Does that sound right to you, Corey? The only thing that doesn't necessarily sound right is the 1099. Um, I'm trying to think of exactly what that is because I have gotten something like that from one of my clients when I did a lot of work for her in one year. It was like a regular project and then a lot of ongoing work the rest of the year. Um, And I know... Um, after a certain amount of money, I think you're supposed to I'm pretty sure it's only send... $600, though. It's yeah. Yeah. And I all think... my projects are more than that. So. Yeah. So I would say on this one, just to make sure you're safe and we are safe, make sure you ask an accountant. That's why I prefaced with I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I'm also not an accountant. But yeah, last year my accountant told me that if any clients or designers sent me 1099s to just ignore them. So that's why I say that if they're mm-hmm. not reporting their income, then if they don't consider themselves a business, then yes, definitely send it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if you have an accountant or even if you work with TurboTax, send in a little contact form there and give them an ask if you're not sure. Yeah, I think the biggest thing there is making sure everyone is reporting their income. So. Yeah. As long as everyone is, you should do that, right? Yeah, no, you can't. Some people are crazy. So anyway, (laughs) next, let's move on. (laughs) So the next survey question, this is the last one we're going to go over, was what happens after we launch the website? Does the client come back to me with issues or do they go to the developer? And this one is really up to you and your developer. If you've served as the project manager up to this point, it might make the most sense for the clients to just keep coming to you. And this is where having a developer on retainer to take care of these tasks can be really helpful. That way you're still in contact with your clients. They still know to come to you for website work, but you have your developer on hand to take care of those things, you know, nice and easily. Um, But if you don't want to have to worry about that stuff, you don't want to manage the emails or anything, and it's okay with your developer, you can have clients go directly to them. I have kind of a little bit of each. Personally, I prefer to work through the designer, but it's just going to be up to you and your developer. It can work either way. So before we go into the action steps, I wanted to talk about the biggest things to keep in mind when you're managing a project just really quickly. So first, make the scope of the project clear and don't agree to adding things for your client without talking to your developer. So don't say, oh yeah, no problem, we can throw that in because your developer might be like, um, that's you know $200 extra, why did you tell them we can do that? So make sure you're talking to both people before you agree to anything. Also, make sure all important information gets relayed to your developer. I can't stress that enough. I've had projects go pretty bad because the designer didn't tell me things. The client said, where is this thing? And I said, I need more money for that, basically. So make sure all information is getting translated. And then last, keep everyone up to date about the project's progress, whether it's good or bad. You know, let people know what's going on. If it's good, they're going to be excited. They're glad everything's on track. You're not bothering them. Sending a quick message. And if it's bad, the project's not on track, you just want everyone to know as soon as possible. So just keep all parties up to date. And that's kind of your job as a project manager. 
I think those are three really, really good points. And I have something to say about the first and the third one. As far as making sure that you're clearing things with your developer first, it's really important to keep in mind that it's so much easier for us to design things than it is to code and bring them to life like on a website. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind when you're like, yeah, it's so easy for me to just redesign this menu in a certain way or add this slider or this really weird feature that you want on your website, but it may add like 10 hours or something mm -hmm. to your developer's work. So you definitely have to keep that in mind because I know at first it's like, why can't they just add whatever, you know, yeah. to their project? But 10 hours is a lot of time to spend coding something extra that you didn't clear with them and you don't want to be out the money or your client out the money after they already want that and your developers like nope give me more money mm -hmm, exactly and obviously about the last one just to keep everyone in the loop you would so much rather let your client know at the very beginning if the developer had some kind of issue and the project is now off the timeline and they're not going to meet the deadline date rather than a week and a half later where things are way off mm -hmm. and you're way going to miss the deadline date. So just keep that in mind. I agree that if it's bad news, it's not going to be fun to share it. But most of the time, your client will probably be understanding and they would rather hear from you sooner rather yes. than later <laughs> if something bad is going on. Yeah, that's the key there. So as a quick recap, it is best for everyone if you take charge and serve as the project manager when you're collaborating with a developer on a project rather than just kind of handing things over to them. Um, it's easier for everyone as far as communication goes and it gives you the control you need to make sure your designs turn out just how you wanted them to. So I have a few action steps for you for this episode. First, decide where you're gonna organize communication between you and your client and then you and your developer. If you work with multiple developers, maybe it's different or maybe you just wanna say, hey, this is where things are gonna happen. Then decide what a realistic timeline is for your design packages that involve a developer. Deci decide that right now when you don't have you know, a client in that package waiting for a developer because that way you're less likely to estimate on the lower end just because you're trying to impress a client. You'll have it written down somewhere. Hopefully that will help you keep from underestimating in the future. And then last, to figure out the best payment plan options to keep both you and your developer covered during a project in case a client does go missing. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.